All right, everybody, welcome back to the Bless Beyond Measure podcast. I am your host, CL Source. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode. Today, I have a special guest with me. This is going to be a fun one, y'all. Uh, full disclosure, me and my guest here, Deja Stokes, she actually just corrected me because I was calling her Deja for like the longest time. And uh, we, we met in a very interesting way. Um, it's not as common as one would think. We met playing a video game on our phones and uh, the video game i'm referring to is words with friends it's something i've been playing for a long time they offer little chat features and you know daya was just whipping my ass like big time left and right and we just struck up a conversation and really kind of got to know each other and in that span of time of getting to know her a little bit more she shared some very uh personal stories that really got me thinking like this this woman right here can provide a lot of value to anybody that is willing to just listen and hear her story and you know for those that follow this podcast they know that I always encourage people to share their stories no matter how embarrassed or how how difficult it is for them because you just never know how it can impact other people and I think that Daya uh, has a great story to tell obviously it's a you know like everybody's story has like some tragic moments and some really difficult times to talk about but um yeah just uh it, it was interesting to really get to know her and this is the first time we actually connected like so she's all the way out in michigan i'm all the way out here in san francisco california and we're making it happen so Daya, thank you for your time and you know coming on to the show i appreciate you doing this how you doing i'm good thank you for having me <laughs> of course of course let's start off by kind of just you know, you know, give us an update. How are you guys doing out there in Michigan with the pandemic and everything like that? Um, honestly, I love my governor. She shut the state down pretty darn quick. Like we did well compared to a lot of the other states. Um, of course, there was complaining. Some people tried to kidnap her and kill her, which was mm. insane. But Crazy. that's politics, and I try to stay out of that shit. Um, kind of hard the last year and a half you I got it was hard to ignore you didn't ignore you couldn't ignore well I couldn't ignore but yeah that's life is getting back to normal sort of I don't yeah. think it's ever going to be normal again really I feel like we've entered a new state of normal whatever it is and I think that before anything fully stabilizes there's a lot of different things that need to happen um and you know it's it's interesting that you brought up your uh governor right who almost yep. got kidnapped um i forget her name what's her name gretchen whitmer gretchen whitmer whitmer she yep. uh you, you know to be honest with you i am not a big political like person i Maybe. definitely try to steer my focus and attention away from that just because it's so chaotic uh several different reasons it's so like you know it's it's corrupted there's a lot of different things i obviously i i believe it's like a you know it, it serves a purpose it's like a necessary evil so to speak but it's uh the only reason why i was even paying attention to it was because like we were in such a chaotic like time in our history especially exactly that's what i meant you had to pay attention you had yeah. to you had to i mean like people were trying to kidnap your governor what yeah. 
that is and blow up a bridge and then kidnap the governor of Ohio. And like the more you're con like the more you get into the story, it's so convoluted. And these people are so messed up over a political belief. It uh... and correct me if I'm wrong, and you know, a lot it's funny, like most of the political news I was getting was from like Jimmy Kimmel and from like Stephen Colbert when I was watching them just because they used to make fun of Trump the best. Like they had like the best like monologues when it came to making fun of Donald Trump. So I was watching it. And in turn, I was getting a lot of information politically from there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did those guys want to basically um, kidnap her? Obviously to prove a point, but like somebody said it stemmed from them wanting to open gyms back up. Um, that sort of they, they yeah <laughs> people were pissed off that their gyms were shut down they couldn't go to the shooting range but then it, it was really more of uh, these people are crazy and my father was part of the militia for a, a small minute thank god just a small minute like 20 some years ago but even he back then said people are crazy mm -hmm. um it they wanted to overthrow the government like the government he was like these people were gonna take over they were gonna behead her on live tv after they blew up a bridge so that like, it, it was just crazy and then they had no real plan after that how are you gonna run the government now that you're you've taken the capital good good luck <laughs> my god and it's like look to play devil's advocate here and that's obviously a hard thing to do with people so sadistic and wild as as these people with these outlandish ideas of what they want to do but to play devil's advocate i understand the frustration in the system i understand the frustration and you know disconnect with people but it never never should justify you taking violent acts against anybody like use your words like come on there's there's ways to kind of get your point across without having to kind of do that and and it's so stupid like yeah you're right like they wanted to do all that stuff and then they and then they had no plan afterwards like if they were to you know succeed thankfully they didn't if they were to succeed in their mission okay what happens next who's going to take over like what do you think is going to happen Right. And the lack of organization, all it was going to do is you were going to have 10 people fighting for control on the inside and that group splitting up into smaller groups and then fighting between themselves. It was just, you're, you're right. Violence should never be the answer. Violence just begets more violence. And then we have more hate and it's just never ending. No, violence is never the answer. I mean, we have life, a voice. Yeah. We should use it. Yeah. I mean, life is like we were talking about off air, life is precious, you know, like we, you, you refer to it as like, we, it's a miracle to be here. We won the lottery. And, you know, for somebody to think that like, they're bigger than somebody to take their, you know, another person's life, like it should never, ever come to that. I, I get it. Disagreements happen. We're not always going to see eye to eye. We want things the way we want things. And if, if it's not happening, frustration tends to boil over and then it tends to create these situations but it's just it's just crazy and I don't want to go too deep into that just because it's like such a chaotic world and I think when I when I tell people that I'm not really into politics it might be off-putting in a sense that like oh it's like oh this person doesn't know what he's talking about oh I pay attention I'm aware and I and I 
fully understand that there's a lot of craziness in that world, but I just choose not to participate because I need to protect my energy. Does that make sense to you? No, it absolutely makes sense. I, I understand politics. I was raised understanding politics. My mother and my father were very political. I wanted nothing to do with it. And then when I realized my beliefs were different than their beliefs, it was like, okay, we just don't talk about this anymore. And I don't talk about it with anybody because yeah. it's polarizing. If somebody doesn't feel the same way you do, you lose friends. I lost so many friends during this election Ooh. because this election was one I couldn't stay silent about. It was so important. And there was just, I don't know, like I can't with certain values in people. I'm an honest person. If you're going to lie to me, we're not going to be friends. Like that's just the way it is. If I am protecting this certain group of people, I, I protect all people, but let's just say I'm protecting this certain group of people and you come along and you want to attack the people I'm protecting, we're not going to be friends. Like it's just going to be that way. And again, I could keep that quiet for a long time. Like we didn't talk about politics and friends are at work. But this last year, you couldn't. And it was, it was sad to see people's true colors. Like uh, people I wouldn't have expected to say nasty things coming out and saying nasty things. Like, I don't know. Oh, uh, no. I, I, totally, I totally agree. And honestly, it's, uh, it's so hard to just wrap my mind around. You know, we had such a fascinating time in a sense that like all this stuff that was happening was it was like you couldn't even believe it it's like we were living in a movie like with an un unfinished script or something like that and yeah. the people that were kind of like heading everything you know were just like crazy like I just couldn't believe what was happening like like, is no, this, it was totally like the they world gave acid to the whole storyboard room and they were all writing their own stories and trying to throw them together. Like it, it made no sense. There was too much chaos. Oh, it's it's crazy. And to be honest with you, Daya, I um like I clearly mentioned, I'm not really a political pundit. I'm not like somebody who claims to know all this about politics, and I don't even choose to get involved, but I will tell you in in kind of like keeping up with the latest news and what was going on, what was Trump going to say next? What was the reaction going to be? What was the next domino to fall? Like I, I found myself getting so emotionally involved and it was really like disrupting my inner peace. And I found myself having to, um, I find myself, I found myself having to like cut myself off from time to time, just because like, I was just getting like way too wound up and, oh my God, like, and, and fast forward to kind of like now, like it's, it's a lot more, look, there's still stuff going on out there for sure, but it, it yeah, has, but you don't have to worry that we're going to go to war in the next 30 minutes, right. every 30 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> and it's quieted down. It's quieted down a whole lot which I am like totally okay with, but it's, it's, this is going to sound strange. I was kind of pondering this earlier or like a, a little while ago, but like, there's a strange part of me that kind of misses Donald Trump in a sense that he was entertaining as shit. Like the fucking guy was mad crazy, but he was funny and he was fucking just like entertaining as shit. And 
obviously he was like, you know, chaotic and he was disrupting a lot of people's lives and causing a lot of violence and divide in our country. And I was totally against it and I still am. But there's a strange part of me that like, in an odd way was like entertained by that. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it does. He was entertained. I mean, he is an entertainer. That's his, that's been who he is for 30 some years. Like he creeped me out as a kid. I remember him on the lifestyle of the rich and famous. That was like one of the shows my great grandma used to watch. He always gave me, but that's, that's who he is. He's an entertainer. He's not a politician. Nope. He, He's not even a businessman. Mm. He pretends to be a businessman, but all he does is lose money, other people's money. Uh, I don't know. It, I can't believe we hired him. I thought it was a joke. It was a political, it was a TV stone. I thought for sure he was going for another like television series after he ran for president. I, I did not think enough people in this country were like, yeah, that's a good idea. It's just, uh, I, but we got what we got. There was a plan and I, for one, even though there was so much chaos and so much drama, I'm grateful for it. If I'm grateful for COVID too. Can you, okay, just, just one thing COVID did for us, like the George Floyd protests. If people hadn't been off of work, if they hadn't been paying attention because there was nothing else to do, I do not think the protesting would have got as big as it got. Mm. There was so much tragedy during the test, but so much good came from so more people. So many more people are paying attention and like speaking their voice and drawing a line in the sand. And because all this attention is being brought to it, I, I feel like cops are going to start seeing justice for some of the things that they do. Obviously, it's not enough. Um, they should be held to the same standards that we're held to as citizens. Um, but maybe we'll start to see real change. Maybe we'll start to see real retraining. Um, my father was also a cop after being a Marine and I know the way he was trained. I have a black son. When I got pregnant with my black son, he cried. He cried and he said, you have no idea what kind of life he's gonna have. You have to treat him different than your white son. I was like, what the hell do you mean I have to treat him? You have to raise him different. You have to teach him different things how to handle himself in public differently, how to handle himself with a woman differently, because it doesn't matter what situation he's in, because he's darker, he's going to be treated differently. And I mean, I was young, but that was a bucket of cold water in the face. Like, I, I, I had no idea it was so bad, but it has been bad. It's never been good. But hopefully these things will start making changes, like, because of these tragic things, there's always something good in something tragic. You just have to find it. But I think that this is going to be a really good thing. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, we're going to look back at this and be like, that was the moment. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, honestly. And uh, I, honestly, that is the unfortunate truth of the world that we live in, right? It, if you are Black in America or you're Black in the world, like you are treated different. And it, it's to your point, like if it wasn't for COVID and that happening, like the culmination of all of that happening at one time, like in one kind of pocket of history, 
Like, and the whole world was paying attention because the whole world was going through the same shit we were going through right. and having nothing to do. Exactly. That helps. And, no, absolutely. And, you know, clearly we wish it wouldn't have to take something of that nature to happen for it to raise awareness in order to affect change and, you know, bring about accountability and bring about just doing what's right. Right. But unfortunately that's what we have to do. And I like to believe, and I think that like, from what I gathered from what you said, I, I think that you believe everything has a higher purpose, even though it, there are tragic moments, even though there are difficult things and adversities that we face in life, like there is always something there to teach us something or for us to grow from, for us to change, for us to change our direction on, for us to, you know, there's like an opportunity to, to kind of like do something different and, and create a better world for all of us. And I, I, I tend to agree with that. I really do. And, um, I don't know what's going to happen down the line, but I do know, uh, do know a lot more people are active out there. They're doing really great work in order to bring about this change that we all want to see. And that we all believe is possible and which, which also be, we all should believe is, you know, should be like the way of living, right? Like just because you have a different color skin shouldn't mean that you should be treated any differently. You know what I'm saying? And there's a, there's a lot of work to do. Um, but with, with enough time, and more people having that level of awareness, I believe that we can get to a better place. And I have so much hope for this new generation coming up. I mean, they were already like surprising me, all of these 25 and unders, like just the things that they come up with and the things that they say, and the fact that they're able to make up their own minds and not just follow the books and what they've been taught. Um, I have, I have so much hope and going through this experience in these formative years, like this is something that's going to stick with them. And I'm excited. I really am excited. Me too. I, I can't wait to see what happens 30, 40 years from now. If I'm still here, God willing, we'll see. Right. Right. Good point. Good point. I, I'm, I'm optimistic very much too. And um, I like to walk on the brighter side of things. And I do have a lot of faith in the newer generation coming up and you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, going back to what we were saying that life is just such a precious opportunity in itself. Like, I'm just so fascinated by it all the whole entire experience of just being able to be here and witness some of the things and experience and go through some of the things that we get to go through and feel some of the things that we get to go through that in itself is, is such a blessing. And, you know, um, I, I think more people need to realize that again, off air, we were talking about like, I mean, I see the background that you're in. It looks beautiful, peaceful and serene. And like, you've got some greenery back there, some sun. And we were just talking about your appreciation for nature and, you know, being outdoors. Like, can you talk a little bit about why that means so much to you? It's my happy place. Um, I, I, as a child, I felt like I could talk to trees more than I could talk to people. Uh, just not that I didn't talk to people, but I don't know, a tree understands. And if you ask a tree, if you can climb a tree, a tree will say yes or no. You just have to know how to ask, right? And I don't know, there was always safety up in the trees and safety in the grass. And by the time I was a teenager, I realized that it was just so important to connect with the earth and to like 
take the vibrations of the earth into your own body. You are, you are the earth. Like you would not be here without her. You are made from the same exact shit. One cell at a time and you're going to return to it. It's your mother and it's healing. It is healing to just breathe the air and walk in the grass and, and see the green and the flowers and everything is beautiful. There is so much beauty out there. The tiniest little weed out there could have the craziest flower on it. Okay, I was sitting here the other day on my back deck and I was having a moment, kind of a traumatic moment. A thought led me to a thought led me to a thought and it was just, I'm in tears now. And I'm sitting there like not even understanding why I'm alive. And all of a sudden a fairy flies by. Right. And I'm like, what? Wait, what did I smoke? Did I take a fucking mushroom or something? I'm pretty sure I just saw a freaking fairy. So I followed this thing and I'll, okay, maybe it's a fluffy, you know, just like cottonwood or something. But it was being intelligently controlled. I could tell because of the way it was like bouncing off of things and landing on things. What the hell is that thing? So I followed it and I took a picture. There's this teeny tiny little thing. It looks like a flying mouse but like the size of an ant or smaller never seen this thing before I'm, I'm still thinking I'm tripping like there's a flying bunny rabbit what is this thing um but it instantly drew me out of my funk and all of a sudden there was something wonderful to discover in nature that I had never seen before I've lived here my whole life I've never seen these things so I took wow. a picture kind of to make sure I wasn't tripping and I, I looked it up and it's a fairy fly or a woolly aphid and, and they supposedly live on apple trees i've had apple trees my whole life i've never seen one of these things but like there's this amazing critter and i'm pretty sure this is where fairy stories come from now that i've seen this thing because i really it looked like a fairy when it was flying the dress the legs it, it was insane but like this tiny little bug is so freaking amazing and like how they live how they grow how they make their dress is freaking amazing i don't know there's there's so much magic out there how, how could you not want to be there that's amazing sorry and, and no 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 please don't apologize i was really really into that story and honestly like i'm curious like what the name of that um uh fairy was again it, it's a it's a woolly aphid or a fairy fly i'm gonna have to look that up honestly because you're, you know, what I gathered from you as you were telling that story, I was listening and I was just like, wow, she just has this like curiosity and fascination and just like excitement overall for life. Like, I think that a lot of times we as human beings in, in our society, especially, we tend to bog down this whole idea of what life is when really life is infinite. Life is literally, it's a, a huge, it's a universe. It's come on, like. Like there's so many things that have yet to be discovered. And I think that like, if we learn how to approach life in that way, we can kind of like infuse a lot more, a lot more life into our life, <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, as you were saying that, that's really what I gathered from there. And that's so cool because, you know, again, in our society, we get bogged down, even, even the way we met, like we play our, our words with friends on our phone. And it's kind of like, I'm not paying attention to like, what's going on out there or like, you know, and it's just like, what am I distracting myself from? 
when life is really like you can't put you can't even describe life in words really it's it's to be no, experienced yeah. Our, human, our language is, is stunted. If you can't describe living the right way, we don't have enough words. I don't even know if there would ever be enough words, though, because it's a feeling. And how do you put feelings into words? How do you put the magic of discovery into something that way that you feel, that way that it makes your mind just go nuts and open up? Like, I don't know. I just no, don't you, know it's so, you know what's so crazy is that, like, I used to partake in a lot of different you know uh drugs you know i used to smoke a lot i mean every now and then i'll smoke and, you know i've done some other stuff too here and there but i'm able to have these conversations now without even being high like just like more 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 than anything just like high on life i don't know if that's like you know due to me getting older or just me just like cultivating a greater sense of appreciation um, I don't know what it is. And just, just kind of realizing that life is like, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So like, just try to like make the most out of each day and opportunity that we get. I, I don't know what it is, but I do know that it's fucking amazing. And I do know that it's like, <laughs> it, it enhances my life experience for sure. So, you know, right? um, it, I guess, I guess I say all that to say that, like, I'm just so like, in awe of like, not even being able to not, not even having to be high and have these types of discussions <laughs> it is great having finding somebody that you have real conversations with especially if they're fun conversations about weird stuff like that's a gift in itself i only have four or five of those people that i can just be like my mind needs to be stretched i'm coming to see you so we can chat for the next four or five hours so. you know what's funny though i will say this i believe that every single one of us that is living and breathing and walking this earth and has the ability and has the imagination and just the mind for life, like to be here conscious on this plane in this dimension, we all have that ability to connect with one another on that type of level, but it becomes dormant in us because of various different reasons, right? You know, we go to a job every day, our life becomes mundane, you know, we just kind of lose that luster for life and, we forget how incredible and magnificent it really is. But I think all of us have that. We just kind of lose that. It's almost like, I'm pretty sure you know the story of Peter Pan and how he grew up and he forgot about being a kid and just kind of like lost touch with that sense of imagination, that creativity and that, you know, simplicity, the beauty and the simplicity of life it, because he had to grow up, have responsibilities, pay bills. He had to live up to expectations of, you know, what other people kind of placed on him. He had to provide all these different things. And, you know, in the movie Hook, he kind of like was reminded of that when the Lost Boys and Tinkerbell took him out to the, you know, Never Neverland and kind of like helped him remember who he was. I think we all have that in us. And I think that like when we remind ourselves and we intentionally spend time reminding ourselves that we are, we all started off as children, as innocent children, curious of what the world has to offer before we were bogged down with, you know, all these like false narratives of like, you know, what we think life should be or what people have kind of conditioned us to believe life should be. And I think it's a shame, but when we take that time to remind ourselves, we can kind of like give ourselves that we can re-enliven our lives, if that makes any sense. 
It does. And, and, and I appreciate what you said. Like we have this imagination and this magic as children, we grow up and we get rid of it, but there are some children, a lot of children, honestly, that aren't able to experience using that creativity and that imagination as totally. children, because their lives are fucked up from the time that they're born. And like, it's kind of be out of them to even express themselves, let alone have emotions about stuff. Um, and then those children grow up to become adults and those adults don't function well, or if they do function well, it's masking what's underneath. Um, and I, getting back, if you've had it and you, and you lose it, getting it back is important. But I think that even more important is those people that never ever got to have that being able to find that inside themselves, to be able to find that out in the world. Um, those are the people that I try to find. The yeah, yeah. Just haven't experienced magic yet in any form, whether it is watching this plant grow or, you know, talking to a bird or seeing a dragon dance in the sky. I don't know, whatever your magic is, just having, helping somebody to see that the world is beautiful. Yeah. no matter how much bullshit you've had to go through like open your eyes and find the magic it's there you just gotta look that mm -hmm. those experiences are they make my life worth living i feel like that's amazing that's incredible that you said that and you're absolutely right because you know there are people out there that have been tainted or you know impacted in a way negatively from such an early age and you know it's 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 terrible and honestly like for me and you we've had discussions on the words with friend chat room before we got on here and we got to know each other a little bit and you know you shared some really personal stuff with me and I was just like after reading what you wrote I was just like wow and then, like, you know, prior to that, like, of course, like, when we kind of, like, interact with somebody in whatever facet we interact with them, whether it be face-to-face, -face, over the phone, text message, or in our case, in a chat room on Words with Friends, we're developing this idea of, like, who this person is, especially if we, we've never really met, if we've never really developed that rapport and that relationship, right? So before you shared that personal stuff with me, I was like, this girl is, like, man this she's super smart like she's kicking my ass in words with friends like that's not an easy thing to do because i pride myself i'm pretty good in words with friends but you are really good you are a challenge to me and i appreciate that and i i try harder <laughs> with you there are some people i just get on there and throw fucking words down like first one i see because i know i'm gonna beat them anyway so what's the point in trying <laughs> like <laughs> no but but i and i say all that to say in that long-winded type of uh little little speech that I just gave I say all that to say that I had this idea of you like this this girl's got to be like a a professor at a college or a teacher or something like that and then in further getting to know you you shared with me some of the really difficult things that you had to go through at such an early age and you know if if you don't mind I'd love to get into that with you a little bit right now go for it so you did share with me that at an early age, you were born into a, a religious um, 
community that you would now consider a cult what yes. um what what religious community were were uh you born into so i was we were i was always told we were just protestant we were just protestant um but my grandfather took basically control of everything, the whole family, the community, the church. Um, I don't even understand how he ended up with so much land, but this man had like a thousand acres of land and people would come into the church and like deed over their land to the church or to him because that's what God told you to do, you know, and then you would live there for free but like things that you grew became part of the community like ever i didn't know you could buy milk in a store until i was about 10 years old just under wow. 10. yeah like everything came from our farm and if we didn't grow it someone in our community did and we traded or we made it with some like it just it was what it was and everybody went to the same church and you didn't go against god you didn't go against the church you did not go against the pastor you did not go against the family and he was the head of the family and I thought I had like a hundred aunts and uncles, <laughs> but I wasn't really related to most of those people. Well, it was, it was definitely eye-opening getting out, like seeing the world as different than what I thought it was. Totally. But, and were you uh, in the Protestant community? I'm not too familiar with that religion at all, but like, what, were you, were they subscribing to, um, was it was it like the Bible? So when I got out and started exploring other Protestant communities, because my mother stayed with church after we were excommunicated, um, and found us a different church, a non-denominational church, which allowed me to kind of like spread my wings a little bit. Um, we were still Protestant, but what I was being taught and what I was being preached was just a bastardized version of the New King James Bible or the New International Bible. Um, but he also had this really old Bible that he would refer back to. And, and a lot of the teachings were just his twisted way of, of saying them, his, his belief. It was a way for him to control more. So. Wow. That's, that's uh, uh, I can't even wrap my mind around that. So he kind of used it to manipulate his kind of the world that he kind of created within your community. Yeah, and he became very rich doing it. Like I said, he ended up with a lot of land. My my grandparents are, were, he's dead now. Very wealthy, very, very wealthy. Property all over the place. Millions of dollars in their bank account. But like my grandma was a bus driver and it didn't make sense to me growing up, like how they got so much money. But when I got to be older and started talking to people that had been in the community much later in life, um, yeah, he stole all that money from those people so, and used God to do it. Like God said, you want to give me this. God said, you need to give this to the church. You don't need this. And, and people followed him like blindly. Yeah. Wow. He could, wow. he, he had a silver tongue. He was, he was very persuasive. Um, that's, uh, that's dangerous is to say the very least. And, you know, um, as, as somebody who grew up in that, you know, you, you also mentioned to me that, uh, you guys were excommunicated. Um, yep. when was this like, how, how, how late in your life was this? Um, fortunately it was pretty early on. I was nine years old. Um, my, one of my uncles, we all lived in the same house. 
except for my <laughs> my parents tried to get out um and then my brother was in a car accident well the first time we tried to get out my mom was in a car accident and had to learn how to walk and talk all over again she had brain surgery my brother was born that day we moved back into the farm and then three years later we moved out finally and i'm thinking i'm safe now after my brother and spent nine months in the hospital so i was back at the farm <laughs> and we just kind of never left so it, there was danger and then when i was nine um some mysterious angel called my school and told my principal that my uncle had been sexually abusing me and uh i fought and said absolutely not that's not true it's no way but he was so patient and stayed with me in that room for like two hours until I finally like broke down and told him the truth. And then the cops came and took me away. And I'm thinking I'm going to jail because <laughs> I've been doing bad things. And uh, I, I mean, I was already going to hell. I knew that, like that was preached to me pretty hardcore. Um, but now I'm going to jail. The cops are coming to take me away. Uh, so there was a police report and it couldn't be denied. Um, so the way it was handled, even though it was traumatizing and terrible, it led to me being able to tell my truth. And my truth was not what my grandfather, our, our pastor wanted to hear. He wanted me to lie and say this didn't happen. Um, because in our religion, I should have been marrying that man, but that man was already married to my aunt. So I couldn't marry him. And if we were going by what we were taught, because I never called out for help. I never said, I, I need this to stop. To, like, I never screamed for help because well, in the beginning, I didn't know it was wrong. And then there was threats, threats against my life, threats against my parents' life. I'll kill your parents if you tell. Um, oh, he would like kill my pets if I would say no in like horrible ways in front of me and say, I could do this to you. Like, so, so there was fear, so much fear kept me from, from speaking for a long time. Um, and my mother was strong because of that accident my mother had been in and she had to learn everything all over again. They didn't have enough time to basically re-brainwash her. Thank the fucking Lord. And uh, she stood up for me and believed me and fought by my side against my entire community. Um, like I said, he sold like 900 acres to pay for the defense team for this man a couple of times because there was a few trials um, and we didn't have money. He even took our land from us. So we didn't have that, but it, it is what it is. And again, thank, thank God that these things happen. Mm -hmm. These bad things happen because that bad thing allowed my mother to be strong and to get me out of that situation. So. Wow. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing that. Like that's a difficult thing to obviously go through. I couldn't even imagine, you know, like when you were describing your uncle killing your pets and, you know, just, embedding that fear so deeply inside of you at such an early age like I can see how like it took so long for that person to kind of like get that story out of you 
And I'm just so glad that you were able to come to that because, man, that's that had to be so scary to go through it. And you tell it, you know, and, and you you own your story. And, you know, like I said, I, I feel that like you've got this like aura about you that like no matter what you've been through, like you're still very like positive and you're still very like loving of life, which is like incredible. You know what I'm saying? Like when you could have easily said, this isn't life, like, and you know, whatever, just gave up, but you didn't, you're still here. And, you know, I got to know you a little bit further in our words with friends games. And I know that like, you have a big family and then that you, uh, that, you know, a lot of the kids that, that are friends with your family, they, they come to you for support and you're like, you offer like a safe haven, a safe space for them. That's beautiful in itself, like for you to be able to do that for others after going through I have through to do you. that for others. I have to, like, I, I know I told you before, I think I was put on this earth to, to suffer because in that suffering, I can feel the suffering of other people. And if I can feel the suffering of the other people, then I know what they need in order. Well, I don't know what they need in order to be fixed, but I know what parts they need to be soothed and, and being that safe haven how could I not, if I have something that I can give that somebody else needs, how could I not? Even if it is just a porch to sit on and just do nothing or talk or a bed to sleep in or a house to live in or clothes or food or even you need a ride to your probation, I will take you. You have sentencing in the morning and you don't have a ride because you don't have a license because you've been incarcerated on and off for the last 20 years and the government makes it so that you can't get a license. I will fucking take you. Mm -hmm. You need to go to the doctor. You need groceries in your house. You can't get there. You don't want to go because you're old and you don't want to leave. I'll do it for you. If I have it, I have to be able to give it, right? Otherwise, I'm, what am I doing? That's beautiful. That's beautiful, honestly. And like, I wish more people adopted that mentality. And it's something that I'm trying to, you know, uh, work on a lot within myself, you know, rather than, always worrying about me, 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 what can I get for myself? Like, I'm trying to, if I've got it, you know, like, like you said, if I got it, I got to be able to give it, you know, and like, that's a beautiful saying, honestly, and I'm learning that more and more. And there's like a sense of fulfillment that you get from that too. Like when you're giving and you're helping other people, and it's a beautiful uh, experience. And I think yeah, it's it completely life. selfish. It makes me feel good to make other people feel good and to do things for other people. It's completely selfish. It really is. Funny being being selfless is being selfish, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you get this like this this feeling like when you know that you've done something special for someone, and it's uh -huh. not like and you know from an egoic level, it feels like oh yeah, it feels good. But like, you just know it's the right thing to do. And it like, it, it gives you this like wholeness out of your life. Like, you know, like, and I, I, I don't ask for anything in return. I never expect anything back, but you know, just that like general act of giving, I just know that like life is going to give it right back too. you know? In, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I started this job. This is totally off the subject, but I started this job years ago and, uh, in the first couple of months, 
like you weren't supposed to get a bonus for Christmas if you had been new, but I got one unexpectedly and I was like, what the hell do I do with this? So I took it and I just bought a bunch of lotto tickets and I stuffed some bags of candy and gave it out to people and just kind of told the universe, you know, I don't need this money. I wasn't expecting this money, but I feel like I'm supposed to do something with this money. So I'm going to do this and you're going to put it wherever you need it to go. I don't know what's going to happen, but you just do what you need to do. And after our Christmas party, this little old lady comes up to me and she uh, she'd scratched one of her $2 tickets and won $40 and she is bawling her eyes out because she had no idea how she was going to get to work for the next few days because she had $15 to her name and it was either eat or put gas in her truck and she was going to choose to eat, which meant she couldn't come to work, which meant her paycheck next week was going to be shy. So then her paycheck next week was going to be shy and she wasn't going to be able to pay her rent and it's freaking winter. And she's like, seriously, 80 years old. You shouldn't be working at that age. We should be taking care of our old people in this country. What the hell is wrong with us? But the fact that like, I, I got to actually see the universe in action that day was kind of like, see, that's what I needed. And then she went home and she scratched her other ticket and won another 50 bucks. So she had guests and groceries. And I was like, that's exactly what was supposed to happen. Like. <laughs> I, I don't know, just things like that. Like to be able to see it take place. Cause most of the time you don't actually get to see the impact that you make. Right. I mean, at least you don't, you don't, you, you say something to somebody, you have no idea how that's going to change their life when they go about their time. Mm -hmm. um, but to, I don't know. And that was just so silly and so little, but like just that randomness, but not random because the universe knew exactly what it was doing. Oh man. That is a beautiful story. Honestly, like I'm, I'm low key getting choked up a little bit just hearing you tell these stories because like that is that is beautiful, and there there needs to be more people with that type of mindset. Please, like you know, just I heard somewhere a while ago the secret to living is giving, and I couldn't be more true. You couldn't know what I mean? Be. And it's 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 so simple, but I mean it's it's so true. And you know, nobody nowadays, not enough people nowadays. I won't say nobody, but not enough people nowadays are their brother, their brothers or their sister's keeper anymore. You know what I mean? They just, we're just, we're all out for ourselves. We're all about what we can do for ourselves, not looking out for when somebody's having a difficult time. And it's, it's turned into something that I, maybe I'm just more aware of it now. Maybe it's been going on for a long time, but you know, either way, like we are in a, a, a interesting space right now. And I want to go back a little bit real quick. Um, into our discussions before we got into to the secret of living is giving you mentioned to me like you knew from an early age that you knew you were going to hell can you can you kind of like um open that up a little bit more like where did that come from like was that like the belief that was instilled in you from your religion yeah absolutely i don't feel that anymore in fact i don't even think hell is actually a real thing um through my studies i have found that hell was not in the bible it the original translation actually meant grave, like you were going to die. It didn't mean that you were going to this place. Like hell did not exist in the Bible until a few hundred years ago. Mm. So it, it's not a thing. Um, if you really believe in Satan, then he's Jesus's brother. And, and they were kind of besties before coming to this earth. So <laughs> <laughs> they can't be that bad, right? Um, but yeah, it was definitely my religion. Like, first of all, I was born female. So I was already less than we, we were the original sin. We are the reason Adam sinned. Like it's, it's always on the woman in Christianity. 
Um, but again, only the last few hundred years when women were taken out of the Bible, because women were very important back then, like extremely important. In fact, Jesus wouldn't have been able to spread his message, message the way he did without the 12 women that were also with the disciples, because women couldn't talk to men. So you had to have women preaching with you. Nobody even like pays attention to that part. Mm. Um, and then the things that were happening to me, even though they were out of my control, I, I knew that that was one of those sins, those sins that you couldn't come back from. Um, and, and this man who has this direct line to God, who I mean, he talks to him every night, God tells him what wants to happen. God tells him what he wants other people to do because nobody else has a communication line to him like my grandpa does, um, was also telling me that I was dirty, that I was, I was wrong, that I was a sinner, that there was, I was born bad. Um, when I was nine years old and this shit came out, like he said that I asked for it, that at three years old, I was promiscuous. I must have been asking for it because she's the woman, she's to blame. Oh my God. I, I can't even imagine that honestly. And honestly, it's like, I'm just so sorry you had to go through some stuff like that. And I'm curious where, where is this guy now? Is he, is he long uh, gone? The man that did it, he yeah. went to prison for 17 years. He's out. Um, I keep an eye on him just to, to make sure, but I don't see, I don't know if I could ever kill somebody. Like, I really don't know that I could kill somebody. I hope I couldn't. I really hope I couldn't. I don't think I have that in me. But I also know that if it's ever going to be anybody, it's probably going to be somebody like that who, who needs to be stopped. Um, again, I hope it never comes to that. But I, I, do, I do pay attention. I pay attention. Yeah. Was he, was he uh, you mentioned that, like, your community, you felt like you had a lot of aunts and uncles. Was he like really like related to you or was he? He was married to my mother's sister. He raped my mom's sister when she was 15. So because that happened, she had had to marry her. Wow. Wow. That is, that is wild. That is absolutely wild and. Disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Just, just, oh, golly. And I mean, for you to have such a radiant heart that you do right now, like. To me, you know, like, again, I think off air, I was letting you know that, like, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on here was for you to be able to share your story. And thank you for doing that. But also, I wanted to dig deeper in terms of, like, how are you still so, like, optimistic and, like, you know, like, appreciative and positive and and, and still have this radiant heart, even after going through such traumatic, to say the least traumatic, right? Like, to, to go through those experiences and, and still be who you are today? Um, well, first of all, we all go through trauma. Life is trauma. Our very first moment on this earth is traumatic. You <laughs> go from being in this warm bubble, not breathing to, to, to cold. And, and the shock of the cold is what actually makes you breathe that first time. And then in that first breath, our heart slams closed so that our blood starts flowing the right way. That is so traumatic. That is, you are born into trauma. And without that trauma, you would not breathe. You would not live. 
um, it is it it is part of us. It is who we are. I some people take that trauma and they go really dark. And I'm not saying I haven't gone dark. I have. I actually tried to commit suicide when I was 15. Um, I was in a coma for a while, and I saw some stuff, talked to some people <laughs> while in that coma. Um, and, and it reminded me that I wasn't done, that I, I, I wasn't done. Um, there were so many more things to do, so many more people to experience. Not, not just things, but people. People are an experience. Every person that you run into, like, I don't know why people feel like they can tell me their whole life story if they've just met me, but they do all the time. And it's great because <laughs> I feel like I don't, I don't know. There's so much wonderfulness out there and being in that pit, being in that dark, 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 dark place. I think it allowed me to appreciate how wonderful the world really is. I mean, it's not, the world is tragic. The world is horrible. The world is on fire. Literally it's like burning where you are. And, and to think about how many millions of little critters have died during that and how much pain that is. And trees feel pain and, and they're freaking dying. And I have to stop and say, no, I cannot focus on that because look at all this other beautiful stuff. Look at all these other people that need help. Look at all right. these other things to do and to see and to experience and to feel and love I don't know I was born to suffer but I was born to love and mm. that is the one thing that I have never run out of is love and hope 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 is magic if you give people hope they can do anything beautiful beautiful wow I'm I'm at a loss for words right now just hearing you speak that because you you a person like you restores my faith in humanity you know and I know there's plenty of us like that, you know, that are that are out here fighting the good fight every single day. And it's easy, especially in a world where all that's televised is the chaos, all that's televised and spread through all news outlets and on our phones and everywhere you look, it seems like it's like, like you said, the world is burning. But there is also like a huge portion of life, I would say equally, maybe even more so that's beautiful that's like there's people out there that are doing amazing work and you kind of like in knowing that you kind of like are faced with a choice like do I want to kind of just like 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 what experience do I want to have with my life do I want to be one of these like negative people that contribute to that type of world or do I want to like use my life my one precious life that I have in order to kind of affect and impact change in a positive way, you know what I mean? And, and leave my own mark on the world, whether it be uh, large or small, you know, just leaving your imprint on the world. And I think that um, I sense when you were saying that, like, it, it can be so overwhelming just thinking about like the good, the bad, all this stuff, right? Like life is just magnificent in its own crazy broad way. But I think that when I get in those spaces, I start to just tell myself, like, man, I'm just lucky to be here. Good, bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm indifferent. You know, like, of course, I'm aware that there's suffering. Of course, I'm aware there's injustices and shit like that. But at a certain point, when I just get too overwhelmed, I have to kind of center myself. And this is a practice that I've really cultivated with myself through 
uh, meditation, uh, breath work, and really just kind of like tapping into nature, you know, like, like you like to do and just kind of allowing myself to just like uh, be immersed in like the beauty and the overall experience because it is so rare and you know just trying just trying to appreciate it and always finding something to be thankful for rather than pointing out all the bad because it's easier to do that because it's just so it's just so prevalent right right so to focus on that like through the media just well I, I guess for the last 50 60 years media has been a huge thing tv's been in everybody's house and for the last 25 plus years you know everybody's had the internet now people have phones it's constantly in their face and we're taught to focus on the bad we're taught to focus on the negative because that is all they pump in front of us mm-hmm. you know if they put more good things out there people would start to look for good things i agree but you know what the thing is though and i thought about this like those good things they're not sexy they don't sell they don't get ratings. everything everything is based on ratings which obviously generates money and income and you know we're built on such a capitalistic type of mindset but you know i'm not saying that in judgment this is the world that we live in i've accepted the rules that we play by you know we all we all need money to survive in order to eat and provide and you know it's kind of like the world that we live in and, and you know as much as i want to wish that away it's not going to change it's just so something that what it is but you don't have to play it like in a greedy sense of you know a greedy fashion or where you're where we're jumping on toppling on top of each other and stabbing each other in the back and stuff like that like it doesn't need to be that way and you know i i think for so long my whole idea of that was Oh, I got to get this. I got to have this. I got to have this fancy thing, blah, blah, blah. And that's morphed and changed in a lot of different ways. Of course, I still want to have like some of these really cool things that fascinate me and, you know, um, that I really enjoy, but they're not like at the forefront of what I do. Like my main, I guess, purpose for living now has become uh, my mission in life, you know, just trying to figure out what that is more and more connecting with other people which is why I like started a podcast like this I don't know what it's going to entail going forward but I just know it feels right it makes me happy it connects with other people um it's also I've gotten a lot of great people uh that I've learned from like yourself like I've had like really great people to connect with and people have also reached out to me personally and said thank you for some of these things that you're talking about because the stigma behind a lot of the the stuff that we talk about runs so deep and and it's like it's so wrong that like you know they see somebody like me talking about it and they'll feel like it's okay so i feel like that's part of my mission and purpose in life and i'm just you know and whatever and i feel like in doing that just similar to the way that you you gave out those uh those lottery tickets and you saw somebody just kind of receive the fruits from that like similar like i can't see what what it's doing for other people but when i do get these messages it gives me this sense of fulfillment and I know and that, you know like, that you doing did something what right. you were supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know where it's going to go, you know, but I'm going to keep going with it and, and uh, keep having fun with it. And, you know, I believe that the universe will reward me and it already has in so many ways, you know, and, you know, I, I'm just going to keep following it, you know, similar to how you followed the, the little fairy bug. <laughs> 
He was cool. I saw him again the next day too. But again, I, never in my life until I needed something to bring me out of that. The universe sent me something cool that I'd never seen before and was like, oh, look at me. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. And honestly, like, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I'm rooting for somebody like you all the time. You know what I mean? Because again, we can point to all the difficult things and challenges and very traumatic experiences that we had to go through in life but for someone like you to go through that and still remain so bubbly and positive and and wanting to do for others like that's amazing i'm curious like before we get on out of here because i don't want to take too much of your time i think we're running on we're probably running on a good hour now if i'm not mistaken um i don't want to take too much of your time but i'm just curious like how else did you like develop some of these like great qualities about yourself like and, and wanting to care for other people and you know seeing life that the, the way that you did aside from going through those traumatic experiences and them kind of you know propelling you to that like are there certain practices that you kind of like um practice or is there something that like you've learned that's like helped you you know get to this place i i was born a caretaker it, that is that is just natural to me, um, I, whether it was children or animals, like I said, my brother was born when I was three. My mom was having to do a whole bunch of stuff and he was my first child. I raised that boy from the age of three on. And then when he was hurt three years later, um, we always had this really weird connection and it's hard to explain to people, but it was like a twin connection without being a twin. Uh, we could send pictures back and forth to each other in our heads. So he's in this coma and um, I went in and I woke him up out of this coma and our connection was different. But in order to nurture that like connection, to know what he still was trying to say to me, I had to be totally involved in him and getting totally involved in him, which I would have done anyway, led me to working with handicapped people um, from a very young age. And Honestly, being able to see people that were different, people that were um, looked upon as less than from that young age and, and, and knowing that they weren't less than, they were different, but they weren't less than and being able to fight for them, having that want to fight for them, I feel like led me to wanting to take care of the whole world. <laughs> um, and if it hadn't been for that, I don't know that I would have been this way um learning stuff no I I didn't learn anything from anywhere other than how I felt inside myself when you do things that hurt people it hurts me on the inside so if I do things that help people it makes me feel better why would I not want to feel better why would I want to keep hurting myself why it's just hurting myself so no, again, it's completely selfish. Like I felt better when I was making the world a better place, even if it was just one person or for one moment, like my mom, my mother was huge on leaving the place that you enter better than when you walked into it, whether it was cleaning up a room or just changing the attitudes of people in the room, you leave it better, you leave it better. I don't know. No, that's, that's amazing. So from what I gathered, what you told me is basically you've learned from your own experiences. You, you've kind of learned from just how you feel 
And I think that at the core of it, that's like what learning is too, right? Like, yeah, somebody could teach you some stuff and help kind of open up these different chambers in your brain to kind of help you see things differently. But like one of the best ways to learn is to actually experience stuff and like, you know, trust the energy, trust yourself. And I think you had to learn to trust yourself at an early age. Like you knew that the religious practices were wrong. You knew the stuff was that was going on in your life were wrong. You just didn't know if it was okay to express that because, you know, the fear that was embedded in you so early. And then thank, you know, it sounds crazy to say this, but thank God that your mom had to go through that, that, uh, that accident to be able yeah. to kind of like unlearn all that behavior, all that conditioning that that community like really you know um put on her and she was able to like fight for you because I, you're a kid like what what are you gonna do when you're a kid you're nine years old you know it's it's just it's just insane so you know thank you for sharing it i'm curious um was your mother born into that um religion too yep she was like born into it huh yep that is insane and Oh my gosh. You know, it, it's just brainwashing at such an early age because I, I'm fully aware that children are, they're the quickest learners and, you know, whatever you kind oh, yeah. of like put in them early, you know, it has a good chance of them sticking. But I think you are living proof that like, no matter how hard you try to like brainwash somebody, you know, like if they're able to like separate themselves from that, naturally we are like there are good people we are good people but sometimes whatever our, whatever experiences life has to offer for us whether it be you born into something or you just experience different things on your own you become tainted you become jaded you become you know what your environment kind of that dictates who you become and but i think at the core of us we are good you know what i mean and uh it's just so interesting to ponder on right now. And like, I'm just so like, honestly, I'm happy for you that you're able to get out of that shit. And I'm excited for what you're going to be able to do for so many other people. And um, yeah, it's just amazing. Congratulations to you, honestly. And, you know, keep going, seriously. Yeah, I will. I don't <laughs> plan on stopping. <laughs> and, and, you know, in the, in the process, like, Maybe you can win. Let me win a couple of games of words with friends too. I let you win one. See, you weren't supposed to tell me that. Oh like, yeah, shit. <laughs> come on, I, and I'm telling you, like I do feel like you have been kind of easing up on the gas on me a little bit more recently. So um, you should probably start kicking my ass again because it's what it's going to do for me is help me elevate my gang. So you know, I just don't want you to get disheartened and not want to play with me because i like playing with you <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i won't get this hard but like i told you um as part of like and i'm glad that we were able to uh, connect on this level because i may take a little bit of a hiatus from playing video games on my phone just because it has distracted me a lot um going back to like this whole pandemic in terms of what it's offered for me and i think for a lot of other people it is just slowed down time a lot and it, and it allowed us to kind of like focus on more of the important things. And, um, you know, I think for me, like I, I prioritize so many different things in my life that I want to accomplish that I want to do. And, you know, I kind of like, I'm, I'm at a place right now where I'm learning how to like 
control my distractions rather than my distractions controlling me. And Good for uh, you, that's hard for a lot of people. It is. It's. it's I'll tell you, it's difficult, and it's. Uh, it's something that I'm trying to work on right now. And you know, wish me luck, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be connected with you regardless of if I'm on words with friends or not. So. That All right. Well, I gave you my phone number and now you have my email address. So Exactly. Exactly. So, but before we get out of here, is there something that you kind of wanted to leave anybody who made it this far into the episode that you kind of wanted to just, you know, send a message to or, or anything like that? Um, no, not really. But keep hope that, that that's that's all there is. Just keep hope in yourself and other people. And if you can give somebody else hope, that is the greatest gift that you can give somebody. Mm. More than anything material, to give them hope is to give them a purpose. Well, like I said, you've restored you've helped me restore my faith in humanity because again, after going through what you've gone through and to be as bubbly and as radiant as you, that is uh that gives me a lot of hope you know, that there is like good people out there. And that, that really just validates to me that there are a lot of good people out there, regardless of the mess that's kind of like televised, you know what I mean? So um, I wish you well on your journey and, you know, um, stay connected for sure. And, you know, maybe we could do this again sometime. All right. Thank you. It was fun. All right, Daya. And everybody that made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We got a lot of cool things coming up. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for sure. Thank you, y'all. Peace.